0: Alright guys, welcome back to a COMPETE podcast, um, it's the community story today, it is Michaela here for those that don't recognize my voice, one of our high performance dietitians for COMPETE nutrition and I am so excited to be sitting down with one of my own clients and a COMPETE athlete, Alia, who has been with us for a while now, um, I don't even know how many months it's been, you probably could help me with this one, what month is it now? Uh, I, feel I think like-
1: i joined right around COVID times, like April, so... The COVID uh, time's still yeah, going. Really. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> every month. True, this is true. The first, the first wave, the first wave of COVID.
0: Oh, it's so Maybe no, around April? Yeah, okay, April. Cause I've been, I was funny, I actually saw a meme today Um, was around friends and it was like the friends theme song when it hasn't been your month, your day, your week, your month, or even your year. And it's like pictures of every month of 2020. Oh, and it's like oh, the no. first two months <laughs> really party. March is like, what is hell's going on? april's phoebe cleaning her vacuum so wiping the vacuum that has just cleaned the house and then the rest is just getting drunk or eating way too many bad foods
1: uh, awesome. it was good it was we've good so
0: i feel like the whole year's rolled into one but april so we're what august now april, yes. um so yeah. a little while we've been working together and i guess i wanted to get you on the podcast one because we have some really exciting news that has come through about your sport recently but we're not going to go there yet We're not going to spoil. It's going to, this is going to be like a little hook to keep people listening from start to end. Um, So to start with, I would love for you to share um, just a little bit about yourself. So fitness, health, nutrition, um, sport and everything aside, how, if you have to give yourself a three sentence bio, what would you say?
1: Um, let's see, I'm a very passionate American football player who also, you know, really has kind of always struggled a little bit with finding a really good nutrition and fitness balance and sort of steering my way through everything. Um, and so I'm someone who just, you know, obviously we love sport. i really quite a social person. It's really hard to give yourself this bio. I mean, which way am I going with this? Like,
0: oh, so <laughs> uh, like, what do you do for Life, life thing.
1: Okay. So I'm a, I don't know. 36 year old passionate <laughs> football player who uh, also works as a doctor. So I've got, you know, sort of that medicine side to life, but you know, I've, I still feel like I'm in my peak in terms of engaging in sport and life and yeah, just looking for, uh, to keep myself well-rounded, I guess.
0: And for those listening, where's the accent from if they can't pick it?
1: Yeah. So from Canada, um, although I've lived in in Australia for probably 10 of the last 13 years. So even though, you know, I'm from Edmonton, Alberta is we're home, um, I've sort of lived, I did medical school here at Sydney Uni in Sydney uh, and then worked for a couple of years in Sydney and then went back for three and a half in Canada, the cold Thunder Bay, Ontario and then moved back uh, in 2017 where I, and I haven't looked back really It's kind of figuring out my career path and I've figured it out a little bit now but sort of finished my medical training stuff here all those post specialization stuff.
0: Yeah great and where do you think if you had to say right in this moment where the future would lie in terms of living. Where would you classify as home now?
1: Oh, that's a good question. Um, yeah, no. So I think the plan was to always come here, get my training, medical training finished, and then go back to Canada and live with family. Um, but the longer I be here, and the continue like delay of the inevitable to go back, I just I really love living in Australia. I think I sort of suit the lifestyle, enjoy that sort of work life balance. Um, I love the weather as well. And I'm living in the Central Coast now. I moved last year and it's kind of amazing out here. And Hard to envision the cold, you know, Edmonton or Canadian winters when, when you sit around outside for, for most of the year. So I think eventually, yes, I'll go back. Um, but I think family keeps asking me every phone call. So when are you coming back? When are you done? And it's my question is always like, well, you know, it's, it's done when it's done. So yeah. I'm thinking two, three years, but we'll see how we go. And so no are,
0: are all your family over in Canada or are people spread yes. around the world okay
1: yeah mostly all in Canada they're mostly based in Alberta with some family in in Ontario and then obviously extended family in the UK but mostly in Edmonton Alberta ah
0: yeah. lovely and i suppose the next thing i think would be have you always like we obviously know now that you're an american footballer um as you've yeah. already said But out of interest, because this is a question I don't actually know, um, have (laughs) you always been into your sport or has it been kind of a later in life thing or were you always active as a kid? How did you kind of, what was your upbringing like in terms of? Yeah,
1: I think I've always played sports. Um, American football, I only picked up 2017 when I was in Australia. In fact, never really watched a game, never played a game. So it's, I've only been playing for about four years, um, but my kind of upbringing was always sports focused, like sports and school were my two things. Um, Played basketball, ice hockey, um, played a bit of rugby in high school and then picked it up again when I was 30. So like, it was like this 13 year gap, but then discovered, you know, it's such a good social sport to get back into. And that's rugby union for most Australians, but that's kind of the primary one in Canada. So yeah, no, I've I've played sports my whole life. I think it's sort of something that I identify myself as an athlete, whether it was a recreational athlete or, you know, I don't think I've ever really called myself an elite athlete, but I always sort of enjoyed having that as a focus of life. I don't know if it just drove me in terms of my goals or having that balance, but um, sports have always played a really big um, part role in my life
0: and do you think that interest in sport was drived through to you from your parents or do you have siblings where where do you think that spark and that love of sport actually initiated from
1: yeah I mean definitely not the parents like my dad played sport growing up but he sort of wasn't really super engaged and my mom you know while super supportive also wasn't an athlete herself my brother and I both really loved sport like he was really big into basketball maybe there was a little bit of competitiveness growing up Mm -hmm. um, between the two of us, he's two years older than me, but I think it was just a a venue for me to sort of, a good outlet where I had some good natural athletic talent that seemed to transition. I was a natural really kind of hard worker when it came to sport. (laughs) I wish I had that same level of work ethic in in my other parts of life, but for when it came to sport, I was always really driven, especially in team sports, um, to sort of not just prove myself, but I was really inherently very competitive and I think sport kind of gives you that platform and that venue to, to put sort of those internal drives. So, yeah. So yeah, I think that's sort of where it came from. I think it was a little bit into a lot of really good coaches along the way that sort of gave me that support and that, um, I guess that guidance as well growing up. So, you know, you know, you're looking for those athlete or those adult figures and those authority figures to, to help build you up when you're a kid. And coaches kind of always play that role for me. So I think that also helped ingrain a little bit of that love for sport and, you know, putting your best foot forward sort of thing.
0: Yeah, nice. I love how you just said before that you wish you had that drive and things. (laughs) Like you do realize you're a doctor.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I know, I know, I (laughs) know. Even within my doctor friends, I feel like there's some real keen beans out there that live, breathe and eat medicine. And I, as much as I really enjoy medicine and I, and you know, that's the career that I am passionate about. I've noticed in the last, I want to say the last four years of my life, I've sort of kind of seen medicine as still something I enjoy, but I'm not as driven in that career at the moment. I still love, you know, the things that avenues I'm keeping forward. But um, sports sort of has been this dream that I've had since a little girl. And I think I'm just in this moment in my life where I've got no real attachments. And I've decided, especially this year, I had all these goals in my athletic life that um, sort of superseded my need from a medical career point of view. It's not that I'm, you know, putting on hold. I mean, I will be, but like, I've sort of a little bit prioritized one way, which I think a lot of people kind of looked at me with, with questionable eyes, like family, friends, like, you know, what are you doing? But I think I just had to believe in myself that this is something I was really passionate about and this was my dream. And if not now, when kind of thing, like, yeah, and I think you
0: could look at it in a different way. Like I know you've mentioned to me before that you have an interest in becoming a sports doctor and a team yeah. doctor. So you know you could always use the the reasoning that your professional career or soon to be professional career is actually um, just work experience for your for your yeah, medical. Good
1: point. Career. Good point. So you know uh, I think having different be on the other side of the bench kind of thing. Correct. Correct. Yeah. And I think that'll,
0: that'll have a lot of insight that you wouldn't normally get. Because I think for me, even um, with dietetics, like I've actually now experienced what it's like being the athlete side of, I guess, the the bench um, and the professional side of the bench. And it does make a difference. It, it really brings that sense of empathy. Um, and, you know, when you can have your own life experience in a situation, you learn so much that you wouldn't normally learn from that very situation if you do have a different yeah. persona in that kind of environment so um yeah I don't reckon it's putting your career on hold I'm I reckon it's just work experience and I think very if
1: you true it, very that, true a different awesome. side of work experience definitely that's, putting yourself right in the middle of it no it's good I mean, and at the end of the day like it's kind of nice that uh I've, I have picked a bit more flexible career like I went down for a period of my life a very surgical route and you know mm-hmm. and that's sort of where I just threw my head, head in and I think I realized it's very not latent but I involved several years in where I discovered that this wasn't fit to my personality like I've like I said as a kid I was always what very school and sports went hand in hand it was very well-rounded and that's such an important thing for me to have that balance and when you go into these surgical type careers it's an all-in situation you really just have to divulge everything of yourself for to pursue that and I just don't think that was me and it took me maybe three four years before I just stopped and said look this isn't I'm not happy this isn't quite what I want for my life Um, I kind of went the other way (laughs) and did all sport. And then it wasn't probably until the last few months where I've done a little bit more sort of, again, step back and see what do I want and realize like, you can sort of find that balance, but you just have to be very true to what you want and priorities and and listen to that more than, you know, what other people will think or what people are telling you what your priorities should be.
0: Yeah, sure. I guess this question is probably a little bit off topic to my what I had written down to ask, but I think people would be interested to know, just as a general knowledge piece, what does it take to become a sports doctor, and a team like a team sports doctor?
1: Yeah, well, here in Australia, it's a little bit different. Um, here in Australia, you do so you do your four years of medical medical school, whether it be a postgraduate or six years if it's an undergraduate. Then you usually have to do an internship, which is a one year, you know, in any hospital. Uh, you might do a couple years, anywhere between one to three years of post-internship years, so like that's very different than other places like Canada and the rest of the world. And then after that, you'd write an exam, you apply for this um, the sports medicine program, which is a four-year training program. So I was sort of, I did the very longitudinal scenic route of medicine in terms of trying out orthopedics and then I tried emergency for a year. And then I was like, no, I worked with the, the GWS Giants, the women's team, and I did a little bit of work with the women's NRL Women's Dragons team, and realized I need to be a team doctor. This is, this is my passion and just combine the two. Um, and so when I looked in the sports medicine training program, I, just, I didn't think I had another four years in me as well as it's quite like a process and you need to be really committed to it. And I thought being more of a GP would actually give me a bit more flexibility in my training as well as the opportunity to go back in Canada where the GP program is recognized. Whereas the sports program, here in Australia is not so if you want to be a sports doctor and you're Australian and this is the career for you you probably do that four-year program would be more established and recognized here in Australia I sort of picked a little bit because in, in Canada US and the rest of the world most sports doctors are GPs that do additional training whether it be a fellowship or additional educational stuff in sports medicine so I was like I'd probably be more suitable for that um, type of career and even right now I'm, I'm doing part-time GP training um, just because of just part, again doing more training towards my other athletic goals and lifestyle while it's working very lovely because <laughs> yeah. it's kind of a nice balance like I, I you know I, I work part-time in Port Stevens in a clinic at uh, Anna Bay there and it's I enjoy going to work like it's kind of like those are my two days whereas I think when I was working out of the hospitals or having kind of slogging it out in you know the, the training programs in Canada it just it really wasn't finding that balance and, and finally getting a bit more control and autonomy in my life has actually made a big difference. And everyone's different. Every doctor is different. Every person's different. I've just kind of gone with this path and it seems to be, you know, where I'm happiest.
0: Yeah. And you can tell like you are literally for those I know it's a podcast, so no one can actually see us and no one can see <laughs> these videos um but like you just grin from I love seeing people talk about their passion you can tell it's their passion not just because they smile but they have like a little bit of a sparkle in your eye when you're talking about it it's like you're a kid at Christmas (laughs) and you've just opened your favorite present ever um so you can definitely give me a while like I
1: think I'm a I think I'm a PGY what would I graduate in 2011 now so PGY 9 which you know most of my friends when I talk to they're like we'll have a catch-up and they're all With married, with two kids, they're all staff specialists in their respective fields, or they're far along in their training, where they're just about to be finished. And it's I, in that point of view, like professionally, like I did take such a long way to figure out what I wanted. But you get to where you get to, kind of thing. Like you know, it's not a race or competition, even though in medicine we're inherently very competitive. (laughs) Um, But it's just like I just look at the different path I've taken, and at the same time, looking where I'm at, or even what I have sort of in store for me next year, kind of it feels a bit justified that all this. All this kind of direction of my passion has amounted to something that I'm quite proud of so
0: yeah and I think that's a really good I guess eye-opening comment to make because I think it is so easy to be so harsh on yourself and compare yourself to other people but really you never know what other people are going through so on the outside Mm -hmm. you know it's like social media like on the outside it could look all shiny oh my god they've got everything look how successful they are but like you never know if someone's truly happy And so would you rather be in a position where you're fully qualified already and you're, you know, you're in a position of power within your field, but if you're miserable, then doesn't like, what's the point? Not
1: living your best life, really.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that's it. it. So just to pivot um, and go off what you just said, you just made the comment and I know I dropped the word professional earlier, but you just made the comment that you've got some exciting things coming up um, next year. So before you officially announce that, can you just run us through your experience with American football or gridiron um, as well as it's known here in Australia? You just said that you hadn't played it until you got to Australia, which actually baffles yeah. me because like, I've <laughs> been in Australia my yeah. whole life and it's not a massive sport here or it's not a popular sport. So what made you get into it? I'm yeah I'm
1: very yes, it's, uh it's so crazy because again coming from North America and like even now I'm watching like Last Chance you on Netflix and it's like this is a, a real sport that people follow so passionately and really never watched a game I think I went to one game in Dallas um the Cowboys game in their new stadium and that was I didn't even know the rules but uh, I played rugby like I said I played rugby union in high school at, uh, and then when I like maybe about six years ago I was in Toronto and found this team, the Toronto Nomads, and this incredible rugby union team that became like instant sisters. And when you find a good team where the culture is phenomenal and the girls love each other, that was what the Nomads were for me. And so I played with them for about two and a half years. remembered how much I loved sort of that contact sport. I was a a 12 and inside center and I think I was a back row in in high school, but I I just remembered love running with the ball. That was my talent, even if it was just crashing into someone, it was big enough that I could (laughs) bulldoze at least one or two people and be hard to take down. Um, so I came to Australia in 2017, sort of finished, they sort of left my training in Canada and came and initially it was so funny because I Googled rugby union teams in the area that I was in Waverly just happened to come up. Um, and they don't have a women's team now, but at the time, you know, a, couple, a lot of them have gone over to the East rugby team. Um, so I joined Waverly and I think I landed on a Tuesday and then went to training on a Wednesday and the same thing it was the girls just welcomed me in open arms. I made some really, really good friends. A couple of them were Canadian or American that was international, um, and they were there on some sort of you know they sort of get brought over for a year and I just this team would have the best culture and again same sort of feels and at the end of the season uh one of the one of my teammates who I lived with for six months she actually said why don't you come to our gridiron training I like just come have a try um so I went to a, her gridiron training her gridiron training that evening um and I just remember like there's there's you know a chick that rocked up in her Australia bag and you know, someone wearing some kit and just thinking wow this is this is a real deal like this might be an opportunity for me to to play at another level and you know, it's just something about the game that just, I just instantly fell in love with. And it was a little bit of that first season was such a learning curve because it's, it's unlike anything you would have ever played. Like it sort of combines all the sports that I played, grew up from basketball to rugby. And at the same time, being able to run with the ball was such an advantage and being a bit athletic as well. Like I was able to do quite well that first year. Um, I did put my hand up to play quarterback, which <laughs> looking back, I'm glad I did. But um, because I probably learned the game more having to study it as much as I did that first year. And and continually having to work on this, you know, something like passing, which takes years to develop, even now it's still Struggle Street, like it's not something that comes naturally, but um, I don't know, I just fell in love with it. And that, and the, that year that I was going to go play rugby and all the Waverly Whip girls went to the East Rugby Club. And I went to a couple of trainings and we also had our New South Wales uh, state team happening that year, that 2018 year. And I went to the state team and then me and my now best friend, Rachel, was the other quarterback and it just was too much. I was like, I can't do rugby and gridiron. I have to pick one. And because the state team was kind of this, you know, exciting new opportunity to play it a little bit more rap, go to nationals um, that May, which were in Perth. I just I was like, rugby, I'll just put you aside for now. Maybe I'll come back later on um, and just kind of dive into to gridiron. And, and over the last three years, I've just sort of chipped away. And in the back of my mind was always like, you know, because the world championships were in 2017 in Canada. Um, and then they announced, like, I think it was last year, they announced the the 2021 Olympic uh, World Championships were going to be in Finland. And I think from that very first training, I just, I just remember that something inside of me being like, that's kind of the life goal. That's always been the, when I was 13, the little girl watching the Olympics, watching the ice hockey women's team, and watch the Canadian flag go up. It's like, that's kind of what I would love to do one day. Um, and I think this sport, at the very back of my mind, there was always that chance, like, I really, that would be the dream of dream is to play for my country. Um, obviously, I now see myself, it's, I'm Canadian, but I also have lived in Australia so long that you know, applied for my citizenship I think a couple of weeks ago and the opportunity for either country would be kind of phenomenal I live in I've you know been in Australia more in my last you know decade of life so it's hard you can't really choose and you just see what opportunity comes your way um, but I think that was always the dream and I think in the last four years I've just been chipping away at it you know kind of working a little bit closer to it a little bit closer to it and and you know sort of seeing what opportunities come up my way
0: yeah cool. so that
1: was, that was a very long story in my good yeah. own
0: no no it's good it's good so at the start of this year when we started yeah. working together um at that time there was you'd been contacted by the canadian national team to go to their one of their camp their training camps
1: not quite not quite so at that time so in february i went to a training camp for one of the province so last year or this year sorry we were meant to have the Canadian National Championships, actually in my hometown. in. That's India. right, yes, okay. Yeah, and yep. then we also had our New South Wales team was kind of at the time, you know, in February, March, we were forming our team and I'd made the New South Wales team again. i um, in our Australian National Championships. We're going to be in Central Coast, believe it or not, uh, end of May or first week of July- June, I can't remember now. Um, so I actually had two champion national championships within like a six-week period of each other. So it was going to be a big football year. And then based on the national championships, they select people that they invite to go to the training camps for either Team Canada That's or right. okay. yep. At the time I was like well Team Australia is probably not an option option because I won't have my citizenship in time so I was sort of like let's just put all the eggs into to going for Team Canada. I mean things might change now obviously because I've applied for citizenship and you never know it might come in but um, yeah Team Canada is sort of still the goal and I think something that I'm still actively working towards as well so even though the champion obviously both nationals got cancelled. Yeah. Um, hopefully they'll be next year but then I don't even know if I'll be able to play in them so we'll see oh I was literally about to
0: say look
1: 2020 if it's taught us anything
0: <laughs> all anything could happen so you know,
1: yeah. <laughs> just so, gotta take
0: it as it comes
1: so I had actually made both the New South Wales so state team and I'd also made a provincial team uh, in Canada as well right okay
0: yeah. yeah I knew I knew you'd mentioned that before we started working together back at the start of the year but yeah, 2020 has been such a whirlwind, and particularly for you. So
1: this is the exciting it's part. It's kind to- of had to, I've had to sort of redirect my goals and mm-hmm. timelines of things. But, it, you know, the funny thing is when, you know, two doors close in this situation, one massive window opens. So it's sort of, it's kind yeah, of... Off you go. What's What's, <laughs> what's the window? <laughs> Yeah, so a couple—I think it was a couple months ago—a uh, good friend of mine had sort of told me, "Hey, you know, I'm—I've I'm, got it, you know, selected to this team in the states," and I was really impressed with her. And, and she's telling me sort of about her experience. And even when I heard, it, I was like, "Oh, I just don't know if I could take time off, you know, being a doctor to go play football." It just seemed like this surreal sort of situation. Uh, and then a couple of weeks later, like a couple more girls in our league had uh, had also been selected for the same American Professional League—that this pretty brand that's coming out the women's football leagues. I should really learn I think it's association um the WFLA (laughs) I should we might need to edit that (laughs) Uh, this new league had come up this professional league called the WFLA and uh I think it was something that just you know even when I heard about it weeks ago I really it sort of sat in the back of my mind being like that'd be like that kind of be the ultimate thing isn't it to live breathe and play that sport and actually get paid enough that you can support yourself um so look I did it I was driving to the gym one day and I was like, you know what, well, I'm doing all this training. I'm working part time. I've dedicated so much of my life to this goal to, let's say, make Team Canada. What would help me more is probably going overseas and playing, even for a six month period. So I said, look, I'm going to put some film together and I'm going to send it and see what happens. You just, you never know, right? You never know until you try. Uh, And so I think that same Sunday I met up with that friend again and she was like, oh, this person put my film together. Um, And so I had his help to, he did it within a three hour period. It was kind of incredible. I sent it that night and within two hours later, I got an email, you know, for a a, sort of an offer to come to this, to their American team. It was from Birmingham, Alabama, actually, which, you know, you wouldn't necessarily think, but it's a huge football town. And so that was kind of cool. And then as the week went on, I didn't sleep very much because of the time difference. I'd be up like, you know, sending things on social media and emailing and trying to make phone calls. I even uh, phoned the New York team and on Instagram, I shouldn't say this on the podcast, but the phone number was to one of the owners who just happens to be Ja Rule. So I'm calling the the rapper. So I'm calling this New York number at three in the morning because I couldn't sleep. And I was like, oh, my name's Alia know, I've emailed some film. I was just wondering if you'd received it. And he's like, like, who's this? And he's like, oh, this is the owner. I'm like, this isn't Ja Rule, is it? And he's like, no, it is. I was like, well, that's going to be a cool story to say one day. <laughs> I don't know why he has his number on Instagram. Hopefully, Yeah, I was going to say, down there, but... <laughs> it's probably not a great place to have the mobile yeah, number. i he'll really take it down now. But uh, yeah, that was kind of a random phone call to have. Um, but yeah, no, just, you know, sort of being persistent, sending off myself, you know, my, my details to all the teams. Um, and then, you know, getting sort of touching base with the San Diego Tridents, the, who now I know is the head coach, didn't know he was the head coach at the time. Uh, and uh, yeah, he sent my film to the owners and the captains, and they have a very, in, very quite an um, intensive uh, vetting process of their internationals, as they should, because, you know, it is a professional league, and they're, you know, they probably get hundreds of film in messages a day kind of thing. Uh, and then within a couple days, I had this Zoom interview with, with the owners and, and the head coach, and yeah and then they offered me it that that day, and that was I think three weeks ago, and still feels like a bit of a dream I'm still in shock. I haven't quite you know wrapped my head around. I had some time to like sit with it uh, and then it got announced last last Friday which or last maybe a couple yeah last week and that was really nice as well just to to feel the love around the world and people like from high school that that posted or liked you know like the story or you know all my my doctor friends and stuff really supportive, which I thought would be the opposite. I thought like what is she doing with her life? <laughs> Wow, um but it's really nice. Again, family and friends really, you know, kind of through and it's something that I just didn't think in this at this age, in this stage of my life, would be an actual possibility. Um and then, you know, I think part of me in that week was like needing to figure out, you know, can I do this? Can I actually take six months off medical training? And um, because I'm in a training program in, in the general practice training program. Um, or what if I do go to this professional league? Do I lose my amateur status? Can I still go to the world championships? Which again, IFAF came back and said, Yeah, no, it shouldn't be an issue. Uh, and then my work also said no in our training program we have six months for people to take leave if they need it so it's Uh, sort of like all the obstacles started getting lifted one by one and uh yeah and it just i couldn't even the funny thing is is that like of all the teams too like i did a bit of research you want to make sure that you're going somewhere that you're going to be a good fit and every time everything i looked at like san diego just kept like rising to the top in terms of how professional they were the organization is just incredible the owners are so involved as well as really care about the players everything is about the players like it is a business and they still are there in the you know they're still there to make money but it's not to exploit their players they do it actually to support their players um which you know it just gave me a really good feel everything was super organized everything was well communicated um and so i kind of when you get your first pick at something it just seems a bit like really is this really happening but um san but diego it so is so i'm gonna go head to head to america in february and play in this professional league and get paid to play which is still crazy to say out loud but um, yeah and live in this incredible city and be with this insanely talented team we had a a zoom team meeting on Monday and getting to meet all these athletes and seeing these faces and I just I laugh with a friend of mine from Edmonton because she also made this team we have these two captains and they're just the most intense people, but it's so good. Cause you want that in a captain. You want someone to run the show, but I don't think they cracked a smile for the full hour of the meeting. Um, it's just like, you know, they're just, they're just, they're here for business. They're here to win a championship. So yeah. it was quite good. And yeah, so I helped my, I was chatting with my friend in Canada, um, Samantha. She's a, a, an offensive lineman and we met it we'd met a couple years ago when I went to this football camp in Canada and just kept in touch. And she was asking me about the league. And so I sort of gave her, you know, said this is what I did. And then, sure enough, she also she got into San Diego as well. So it'll be nice to have some familiar faces. And my friend Pierre is also there as well. She was the initial, the original, the OG. That's so <laughs> good.
0: Yeah, it's always, I guess, a bit more um, exciting when you know people over there. Like it's a massive move to move from this side of the world back to that side of the world um, and go to somewhere you've never lived. Um, before with people you don't know. So I think uh, having some familiar faces is definitely nice for you. Um, and it'll make it even more exciting because you can live that experience with other people that are in the same boat, you know, yeah. moving to a new and country like and things. That know
1: you kind of outside of football or have known you for a few years. And I don't know, yeah. there's a little bit of comfort. They're like, okay, at least I'll know a couple of people. Um, and actually I've lived in San Diego, oddly enough. I did a medical elective there, I think in 2010 for a month, worked at the Reedy Children's Hospital as a medical elective as a med student. And I had these crazy, like, these American roommates that lived on Pacific Beach. And I had this little crappy uh, $400 a month rental (laughs) that I would just drive around San Diego with. Um, It's such a cool city. Like, it's such a, such a cool city. It's it's actually Sydney's sister city, apparently. Um, But, yeah, should be good.
0: How good, how good. Well, I guess the last thing I, I wanted to chat a little bit about today after hearing about your amazing career with sport um, is just to how you came about Compete Nutrition, um, why you obviously wanted extra support with a dietitian team. Um, obviously, you're in the medical field yourself, so I always love understanding you know, what your relationship with nutrition was prior to working with Compete. Um, and yeah what gave you the the push to reach out for for some more support with your nutrition
1: yeah for sure so I think what happened was around March and obviously things were starting to lock down um, but then I had you know the opportunity to to work with my PT like up to four days a week so I had you know it was one-on-one and it was outside Um, but I just realized that I was just that was something that always of struggle again with with performance nutrition um, specifically sport related and then I also had you know And the background, sort of, I also wanted to work on some body composition stuff, but it was all just mixed and jumbled into one of all the information I had. And I'd seen so many people got taught so many things, you know, how many times I've been told how many calories I should be on or what macro split I should be on. Um, It was, it was sort of that loss. I needed more direction because i have been tracking on MyFitnessPal for over, I want to say over a year and a half and not really getting much results in terms of body composition. I think I probably had a fairly unhealthy relationship with food as well um because i was tracking and i was being so perfectionist in that you know my that nature of mine oh, there's some dogs
0: i love nature yeah no,
1: so um so i was just very like i think trying to be too perfect with the numbers and getting so focused on the scale and there was there was just too much going on and i think it was kind of nice and we had some really good chats about it and what really my goals were was it aesthetics was it performance Um, and then at the end of the day it was performance but then all my football you know goals for the year had been taken down so I'd lost that why that sort of that driving factor and you know it had to you had to strip that down and find out you know it is more about health more about sort of loving the fuel that you're eating fueling your workouts like finding more of a internal drive to why you're you know being choosing certain things or trying to be more healthy and you didn't have to just follow the numbers you, you know you needed more carbs that day, then have more carbs that day. Um, not chasing the scale numbers and, you know, following that, like they were, that, that number dictated your happiness for the day. So I think there was a lot of things to learn. And then I found it really good that with Compete, you know, having that hub and having those educational videos, I'm a bit of a nerd sometimes. So kind of going in and watching these videos every day and learning more about stuff that I just, I don't think you get taught very much in medical school anyways. Like our nutrition as doctors is so lacking in terms of how much we actually know and, And it's funny because we're the first line of care in terms of patients that come into my GP office. And I was finding that because I was learning more about the why we eat certain fats and carbs and the timing of meals as well as uh, listening to your body more and sleep. And I just found there were so many things that topics that were coming in that were really filling in the holes. Um, So I think that was really probably the most positive experience of the whole thing. And then also having not someone accountable, but someone checking in like yourself, Um, instead of saying look you're doing really well we could probably optimize this and having that checkpoint was really really helpful for me especially as my athletic demands became more and more I realized how much nutrition was playing a role in my in my recovery and my performance I didn't necessarily matter how much the scales were changing changing but how much I was able to do in the gym or how quick I could get back to recovering and feeling fresh for the next session
0: yeah and I think it's um you're definitely not alone when it comes to really understanding goals because i think it's really common particularly in team sports um, where we have this kind of blurry line between should we be focusing on aesthetic goals in terms of what we're being told we should look like for a position that we play um massive and you would know this from rugby union particularly you know there's 15 people on a field all with different needs in terms of what their body structure should be like and what we're told is the mold yeah So it's like, are you matching what you need to be matching in terms of your body composition for your position? But then if you're changing that body composition, is it hindering or helping your actual athletic performance? Because there's a fine line. Like, you know, it's all good and well to go and lose, lose weight because you're told that you're too heavy for your position. But it's like, if I lose that weight and then can't break through a tackle, well, then was that weight loss really worth it?
1: I so I think it wasn't so much the, because my body composition hasn't changed. I mean, it has that I've obviously leaned out a bit, but for me it was, it was the gym, the gym and field correlation. Like I, if I didn't eat enough or didn't get good enough sleep, um, especially nutrition, like I found that I just couldn't perform in the gym, but there'd be some days where I just, you just go and just kill your PBs. And it, and I look back and I'm like, well, those were the days I probably had a more healthy sort of overall sleep and, and nutritional package the day before mm. a couple of days before. So I just thought it, it the linked more with my performance than it did. I mean, I did see some body comp and I think that's what it was. Is I had a coach tell me, um, because I, you know, had all these goals and he's like, you need to lose weight. And it was more like, you'll be faster if you lose weight and your goal should be speed. How many times have I told like, you need to focus on your speed, but then you need to lose weight to be faster. Uh, and it just gets in your head because you just think, mm-hmm. well, how. How, what size do I need to be like what what is the goal point like how do you you know and you just, well, you quantify you'll be faster when you're lighter but I don't think that's actually really healthy um as an athlete to get of get told that as well as with no direction as well as you know you don't really know what is the goal for the speed like is it a certain time is it like, like, yeah, how do you how do you measure this objective measurement of being faster uh, is it a goal weight like it just it kind of left nothing that's what really also started some of my um, body image as well as my need for a certain weight numbers like it just it spiraled into quite a negative place at times especially mm-hmm. during I wasn't doing the team sport and I didn't have any other positive influential factors to to measure myself it was you know very limited it was like my four days in the gym and that was it and my food plan and yeah I think it's a it's a process that just takes time and you just have to figure out what feels right for you and try to avoid doing the I'm going to try this method I'm going to try that method and just jumping back and forth.
0: Yeah, so, so, so true. And I think the last thing I just wanted to highlight was that you actually, um, what I love about you and working with you is the fact that you understand what your limits are with regards to time and your workload and the amount of travel you do and therefore have found that meal um, prep from a a company is actually the best option for you to fit into your day-to-day lifestyle. I think sometimes people think, that they they have to fit into a pigeonhole and go that the only way to be healthy is to cook all your own meals, to eat six times a day, to train this many days a week. And they've they've boxed themselves into that's the healthy mold. Mm -hmm. But really that doesn't leave any options to have a social life, to make sure that you're performing well at work, to give yourself enough time to rest because it's a real narrow view of what health is. But like for you, you found that, You have to travel a lot for your work. Your work is stressful, so during the week, actually ordering your meals takes so much stress and anxiety out of nutrition. Um, And it's really being enlightening for you to actually be able to enjoy baking again when you do get to cook, for example.
1: Yeah, we had lots of time during COVID. No, so for because I do work those two days in Port Stephens, and then I'll do the odd, you know, sort of locum private hospital work in Sydney. There could be any days from two to four days where I'm not even at home, not near a kitchen. Um, so I discovered, I think I've tried literally about eight or nine different food prep services in Australia or in New South Wales. Um, everything in like the New South Wales area, definitely. And hasn't such a foodie and I'm kind of... I don't know I'm very most people you know some people don't really care what they eat and they just put it in as the same thing but I'm actually very taste driven and I need variety and I know this about myself um so I I started finding I think macros I've been with probably for about six months now so macros mm-hmm. is a food prep company and I'll just you know I, me and my roommate used to split and used to get 10 meals and get five each and I've sort of like updated I think now at 10 meals a week just because it's easy to stay consistent when you have it all ready to go and they changed their menu and it's actually it you know has anywhere from 30 to 50 grams of protein and like it's just it's meeting my needs for in terms of what I need to get in a typical day. Um, I find it really hard sometimes even to hit enough protein if I don't have the meals because even to cook that amount of protein. And so like, I, I do try to be quite, I, I need to push my limits in terms of how, uh, how consistent I stay. Cause I think what has happened in the last few months when the restaurants started opening, started eating out more, cause you went through this period yeah. where you didn't get much of that at all. I had like a rebound effect. <laughs> so I, I'd be really good during the week, especially on those work days or training days. And then Friday or Saturday would hit, weekend would hit and it would just go the other way. Like not like terribly, but, you know, I was eating out two, three days a week, which for most people is probably fine. Um, but I think I kind of lost a little bit away from what my goals were. And then, like, again, I'm, I'm still maintaining where I was, but it's, I'm not really seeing much of a change. And that could be because I've sort of been a little bit more lax in terms of social activities and going out more. So,
0: and that's life though, really. Like I remember you messaging me saying, I've got a friend in and I'm spending the week <laughs> we've got going away for my birthday. And like, that's what life's for. It doesn't, you know, I think the one driving message that we try and um, I guess emphasize to people through our work as dietitians is that like life is more important and enjoying memories, the experience yeah. that you have and the memories to make is more important than short-term goals in term, particularly when it comes to, you know, sports performance and things like there's always time. There's always time to improve. And A lot of the time, we find if you restrict yourself so much and say you're not allowed to go out socially, you're not allowed to enjoy that time, you end up being miserable. And is it really worth it? Like, I I think,
1: like it's it's and I I think it's trying not to be this perfect must have must have my my fitness pal in the green. Like, I get to the red, I remember, I I was like, oh no, I'm in the red, and it's so funny with like the visual cues and things that you realize about yourself when you when you do like sort of give yourself a bit of a break and say it does not have to be like hundred percent perfect. You know, there is some wiggle room in there. And it's more about being consistent and, you know, just sticking to the course and not, you know, holding yourself to this guilt of this high, this must be like, you know, follow the plan to an absolute T. Um, and I think that's something that like I've just learned that I do better when I have a little bit of that flexibility ingrained in it where I'm not trying to be this, you know, all the time perfect, follow the plan to the letter type person. Which maybe like when I have a short-term girl, like if I, I want to specifically get, you know, down to the certain weight for, to help with certain things. But I don't know with my current sport and performance goals if I really need to be that, you know, that. Disciplined. I mean, you need to be disciplined, but to some degree still enjoy life. Exactly. are going to be a professional athlete
0: next year <laughs> in the sport that you've chosen. So who's really winning in this situation? Yeah.
1: Life
0: and professional sport. Great combination. Uh,
1: no. Very good.
0: Well on that note um we will wrap up today because I'm sure we probably could sit here for maybe 3 hours and keep on chatting <laughs> Um, but I think Hermes will probably get a little bit mad for um, at me because he has to sit through and edit all of these uh, recordings and I always get carried away. So thank you so much for joining me today and having a chat. Congratulations once again on your professional contracts for 2021. Um, and and can we'll it. Wait watch, can't wait to watch your journey um, over in San Diego. I'm sure we'll all be keeping on top of um, coverage and making sure and you're... Give uh, uh,
1: WFLA fun. a follow as well as Sunday go trade it on uh on instagram so
0: we shall well i'll make sure and we put that in the show notes as well so people can give him a follow and also follow your instagram to watch your insane uh gridiron work and gym work as well and also your awesome baking because you always oh tag yes me. i think that's
1: a new discovery during COVID. i was like oh i actually kind of enjoyed it. i was steered away from it um i liked cooking and i you know was watching MasterChef at the time so i had to make my meals with these beautiful safe meals but i'm like it might give baking a go and actually really enjoyed it it's quite, except it also you know it's fine hard, good good baking goods if you made the healthy baking options they don't nearly taste as good <laughs> so no not so no. Bad. I mean, <laughs> you obviously you know you taste the butter and sugar but,
0: yeah but that's kind of the good stuff that's why that is good stuff. <laughs> <laughs> all right well thank you so much Alia I have had an amazing chat with you um, and as I said we were keeping a close eye on your career um, and congratulations again
1: uh, thanks very much.